so this morning we are uh, continuing our series um, titled Be Disciples, uh, Make Disciples. We're spending the, the first four weeks of this series uh, really trying to understand, ascertain what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And then in August, in the last four weeks, uh, we're taking time to really understand what it means to make disciples. How are we called to be a faithful witness uh, for Jesus? Um, if we know and we love Jesus, this is something that we, we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, but if we know and we love Jesus, the natural result of all of that is that we will share. We will be a, a witness for Christ. And hopefully just through our faithful witness and the power of God's Spirit, we will see people come to know Jesus uh, as Lord and Saviour. This is really what we're getting at uh, this morning, this idea of being disciple resulting in us being called to make disciples in the power of God's Spirit. Um, we began our series a couple of weeks ago looking at how it always begins with identity. For us to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, we need to understand who we are. And we're talking about how we become new creations. We become transformed by God's grace within our lives. And then last week, TJ spent time looking at hope and holiness. How our hope is in Christ. And because our hope is in Christ, then we are called to then live holy lives. Lives that glorify him. Uh, this morning we're continuing the be disciple part and we're looking at serving with joy. Uh, serving with joy. Um, and with that title in mind, uh, our passage underlines the absolute necessity of and vitality that comes from serving with joy. Um, and so let's read this psalm together. I'm reading from the CSB, uh, the Christian Standard Bible. The words are going to be up on the screen. Um, if you want a physical copy of a Bible, there's some up at the back there. Um, the title um, that has been given to this psalm is Be Thankful. Uh, be Thankful. So let's read these words together, uh, starting in verse 1, Psalm 100. Uh, so the psalmist writes these words. Let the whole earth shout triumphantly to the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. His people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness through all generations. Now you may have noticed this already but in light of our title, uh, the part of this psalm that we're going to be focusing on uh, this morning is serve the Lord with gladness and it'll be the next slide uh, for us serve the Lord with gladness uh, this line in Psalm 100 really encapsulates this notion, this idea of serving with joy um, now there's a couple of things I want to highlight just as we take time to focus in on serve the Lord uh, with gladness as our understanding of serving with joy and firstly as we study serve the Lord with gladness, our definition of joy, and I can't emphasize enough how important this is, our definition of joy is not one where, as that children's song annoyingly goes, we're in right, out right, upright, down right, happy all the time. Okay, that's not what we're talking about. We're not constantly happy all the time. Because that's not life. Life is not one where we experience just constant happiness and blessing. There are so many different trials and hardships and difficulties. Our definition of joy this morning is one where God is our ultimate end and God is our ultimate fulfillment in life 
in mountaintop moments and valley moments, in times of blessing and in times of hardship, God is our ultimate end and our ultimate fulfilment. That's our definition of joy. And the truth is that joy is most powerful when it's surrounded by the most difficult of circumstances. And this is why Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10, he says that he is sorrowful yet always rejoicing. And it's so true for each one of us. When we understand what joy means, we only ever truly understand joy in the most difficult of moments within our life. So firstly, our definition of joy is not that we're happy all the time. Let us just understand that. And secondly, this line in the psalm is not disconnected with the rest of the psalm. To understand this phrase, to serve the Lord with gladness, we need to understand what the rest of the psalm says and what it points towards. And like any passage of scripture, context is always key. Context is absolutely crucial. Um, In the same way, just as God's word is deeply connected to other parts of God's word, when it comes to the practice and the activity of serving the church, it has to be deeply connected to the God story that exists within your heart as as it's traced back to the gospel. The cross, the resurrection, the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, For us to understand what it means to serve the church, we need to understand the bigger story of what God has done within our lives. We constantly need to understand the context. We don't serve in a vacuum. There has to be deep theological, biblical reasons why we serve. It's not just what we do, it's why we do it. We're thinking a few weeks back about the journey being just as important uh, as the destination. You know, one of my favourite places to visit to go on holiday, and I've said this before, is Portban Caravan Site in the west coast of Scotland. It overlooks the Sound of Jura. It's absolutely stunning. And I absolutely love the journey to Portban. Um, I love the fact I can get in my car, and from Glasgow, I drive to the Erskine Bridge. And then from the Erskine Bridge, I keep going, I end up driving past Loch Lomond. From Loch Lomond, the car keeps going, well obviously I'm driving the car, but the car keeps going to a place called Rest and Be Thankful. From Rest and Be Thankful, all the way through the mountains and the lochs, around the sea to a wee fishing village called Inverary. From Inverary, all the way through to a place called Loch Gilpet, and then Loch Gilpet to Adrishig, and then Adrishig through a single track road, which is slightly dangerous, all the way up to Portban Caravan site. I love Portban, but for me, the journey is just as valuable, valuable, just as precious, just as enjoyable as the destination. The journey is part of the experience for me when it comes to going to this place. I just absolutely get really excited about driving through all these different roads. If you want to serve with joy, if your destination this morning is that you get to a place where you serve with joy, then you need to go on a journey. And the two are absolutely essential, vital. Both are just as important. To serve with joy, you need to go on this journey. And the journey is just as important as the destination. And there are two essential pointers, two essential landmarks in this journey. The first is acknowledging God. And the second is giving thanks uh, to God. So number one, acknowledging God. And number two, 
giving thanks to God, if we get to that place where we are serving the Lord with gladness, when we are glorifying God in our lives, we need to first acknowledge God and we also need to give thanks to God. If we fail to go through these, we're going to serve with something other than joy. We're going to be motivated and driven by something else. But I honestly believe if you acknowledge God and you give thanks for God, then you'll be given perspective in your life. And perspective is absolutely everything. It produces and is the product of joy. If you have a right perspective when it comes to serving within the life of the church, it will result in joy, but it also is a product of joy. If I see my life for who I really am, and if I really understand who God is, then I'm given perspective that results in joy. At the same time, when I have joy in my life, I see who I really am. And I also see who God really is. So what I'm getting at here is perspective comes both before and after joy. We have an accurate picture of God both before and after this experience of joy in our lives. Uh, this weekend is a 50 year anniversary of the moon landing. And this week I was reminded of a story I heard around all that took place on July the 20th, 1969. And it's a story of a janitor who was working for NASA. And he was cleaning the floors in NASA. And when asked what he was doing, he replied, I'm putting man in the moon. Now at face value, this guy was just cleaning a floor. But in reality, he was part of a great project. He had the right perspective, and that perspective gave him drive, it gave him purpose, it gave him meaning. He was part of this bigger picture of putting the man in the moon. Now, hear me out here, you could be doing the most mundane of tasks within the life of the church. You could be taking the rubbish out of a burst bag into a new bag. You could be sorting all the pens and stationery into felt tips and colouring in pens and normal pencils. You could be amending the most pointless bit in a policy as part of Denison Baptist Church as a, a charity. And you need to understand that in all of this you can experience joy. And you experience joy when you understand the bigger picture, when you have the right perspective of what it is that you're doing. Acknowledging God and giving thanks to God in these moments. That's how you serve the Lord with gladness. So before we arrive at serving with joy, let's, let's go on this journey. Uh, and let's begin with this notion of acknowledging God. We see this acknowledgement of God in verse 3, where we read, Acknowledge that the Lord is God. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. Now this verse literally says in the Hebrew, Acknowledge that Yahweh is Elohim. Acknowledge that Yahweh is Elohim. Two different names for God that are found in our Old Testament. Now the Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible says this about the name Elohim. The plural form Elohim is best understood as expressing intensity. God makes himself known by this name as the Lord of intense and extensive glory and rich richness as he exercises his preeminence and power in the created cosmos. Hence, when the scripture speaks of creation, it states, In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. So, when we understand Elohim, we understand it as, as God, as mighty one, as God, as supreme one. And Yahweh is a different name 
for God. It's pointing to the same being, but it's a different name. It appears 6,823 times in the Old Testament, in the first part of your Bible. 6,823 times. And it includes or presupposes all the names of God within the Bible. And you know when Yahweh is being used in the Old Testament, when you see capital L-O-R-D in your Bible. So anytime you read the Old Testament and you see L-O-R-D in capitals, it's speaking of Yahweh. And to understand Yahweh, you need to understand the context. Whenever you see the name Yahweh, more often than not, it's speaking of God's faithfulness. How loving, how consistent, how faithful God is towards each one of us. And the more you study this name, the more and more you'll see that it's actually speaking about Jesus in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, it's written hundreds of years before Jesus came. And in the New Testament, we see Jesus, who he is, why he came, he died for each one of us. He rose again from the dead. And as you study the Old Testament, you see that it's pointing ahead towards Jesus. Yahweh is Jesus. I want to show you what I mean by this. And I want us just to look at Philippians chapter 2 and verses 9 through to 11. Um, And it'll be up on the screen for us. So Paul uh, is speaking of Jesus here and he says, For this reason God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, in this passage, Paul here is quoting directly from Isaiah 45 and verses 22 through to 25. So Paul is quoting the Old Testament. And in this passage, Isaiah 45, 22 to 25, it speaks of the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, the name used in our English Old Testament for Yahweh. And let me show you if it was no doubt in your mind that Yahweh is Jesus based on what we read in Isaiah 45. So again, it will be up on the screen for us. Isaiah 45 and in verse 22, Isaiah writes, Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. By myself I have sworn, truth has gone from my mouth, a word that will not be revoked. Every knee will bow to me. Every tongue will swear allegiance. So do we see the connection here? It's more or less word for word what Paul writes about Jesus in Philippians chapter 2. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will swear allegiance. It will be said about me, righteousness and strength are found only in the Lord. Or to put it another way, righteousness and strength are found only in Yahweh, capital L-O-R-D. All who are enraged against him will come to him and be put to shame. All the descendants of Israel will be justified and find glory through the Lord Yahweh. So, do we see the connection here? Paul is speaking of Jesus and Paul is quoting directly from Isaiah, which speaks of Yahweh. So it's very clear for us this morning that Yahweh is Jesus. Jesus is Yahweh. Jesus was absolutely right when he spoke the truth of John 5, 39 and he said, you pour over the scriptures because you think you have eternal life in them and yet they testify about me. Jesus said, the whole of the Old Testament points towards, testifies about me. 
So all of this helps us to understand that when verse 3 says, acknowledge that the Lord is God, it's essentially saying, know that Jesus is God. Jesus is the mighty one. Jesus is the supreme one. You know, I mention this because you're not going to joyfully serve unless this is central to your hearts, unless you know with all that you are that Jesus is God. When this psalm speaks of acknowledging God, it's speaking of this recognition that Jesus is God and you will not serve with gladness. You will not serve joyfully unless that is just the the beaten truth that is within your heart. Jesus is God. If that's not central, you'll serve yourself or you'll serve something or someone else. Acknowledging God for who he is, you know, it's so important. It's so vital for each one of us. And acknowledging God for what he has done. In the second part of verse 3, which will be up on the screen uh, for us, we read these words. He made us and we are his, his people, the sheep of his pasture. So let's just reflect upon this uh, for a moment. He made us. He made us. He is our creator and we are his. He is our rightful owner, his people. He is our sovereign ruler. The sheep of his pasture. He is our provider. So God is creator. He is our rightful owner. He is our sovereign ruler. And he is our provider. Through these words we see this unique blend. Of Elohim and Yahweh. Jesus is the mighty one. Jesus is the the supreme one. And notice the pronouns that are used as well. We and us. This helps us to understand this morning. That all of this is a family thing. We only ever understand God for who he is when we learn and we grow together within community. As Denison Baptist Church family, as we serve, we serve together. And we do so with a deep experience of God in our lives. We do so with joy because we understand who God is. We have the right perspective. This is all reiterated again in verse 5 of our passage where there's this continued acknowledgement of God himself, an acknowledgement of who he is and what he has done for us. So the psalmist writes uh, in verse 5, For the Lord is good, and his faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness through all generations. So there's acknowledgement here. God is good, his faithful love endures forever. You know, I reckon all of us will be able to identify with what I'm about to say here. We've all had someone who has had responsibility over us. And that could be a a boss uh, or a teacher or a supervisor. And we can all probably think of good examples of this. Uh, People in our lives who have made the classroom or the work environment uh, an absolute blessing for us because they were good and they wanted to help us. And we can also think of those who made the environment, the classroom environment or the work environment an absolute nightmare and it's because of who they were uh, as a person and the result is you would have been doing what you do with a certain attitude with a certain level of commitment towards that person and also all that lay before you and it's very simple a good teacher a good supervisor a good boss will result in you serving and working with all that you are And a bad teacher, a bad supervisor, a bad boss will cause you just to be half-hearted 
and not committed. In the same way, when you serve with joy within the life of the church, this is always traced back to your understanding of who God is. You're carrying an accurate picture of God. A joyful servant is one who knows with all that they are in the midst of what they are doing for Jesus. They can say with confidence, the Lord is good. His faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness through all generations. You know, ask yourself, how do I serve within the life of the church? And why do I have that particular attitude? Can it be traced back to my understanding of God, of who he is and what he has done for me? And this brings us on to the second point in our journey before we can arrive at our destination. Our destination being that place where we serve the Lord with gladness and with joy. And this second point in our journey is this idea of giving thanks to God with all that we are. The psalmist writes in verse 4, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. So we actually see something similar in Psalm 96 and verse 8 where the psalmist writes, Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Bring an offering and enter his courts. So this notion of gates and courts is speaking of temple worship. The worship of Yahweh within the temple. And the Old Testament practice was to begin with thanksgiving and with praise. Before they spent time really engaging and connecting with God, they began with thanksgiving and with praise. And it's one of the reasons why we do what we do on Sundays. We always begin our time together in worship, precisely because of this psalm, enter his gates with thanksgiving. We want to just really cultivate within our hearts a deep longing and love for God. And this happens through song. We worship God with all that we are. It's what should characterise your personal time with Jesus as well. You know, I would, I would really encourage you not just to, to begin your time with God, just by opening your Bible and praying, I would encourage you to begin your time with God and singing. To open up Spotify or Apple Music or even just have a, a mission praise book and just to, to give it loudly, just to sing and to rejoice and to spend time in his presence. You know, I can think on Friday, I was spending time reading God's word and it was just, it just felt like I was hitting a brick wall. Just no real sense of God during that time I really sensed that God was saying to me sing and so I just in my back garden just taking time to sing to the Lord no one was around it's okay but I was singing to the Lord and rejoicing and it really just opened up my heart it just gave me a, a lightness and an experience of God that resulted in me being able to understand more clearly what it is that God's word said so it should characterise your personal times with Jesus rejoicing in the Lord Singing, because our Christian experience is not just head, it's head and heart. We need to know who God is, we need to understand the different aspects of God's nature and who he calls us to be. But our, our relationship with God is a love relationship, it's one where we experience him. And this oftentimes comes through song, through rejoicing in the Lord. So I want to encourage you this morning, sing to Jesus. And if you're doing that every day, if you're singing to Jesus every single day, then the natural result of that will be serving with joy. The byproduct of singing and rejoicing in the Lord every single day will be one where you serve 
with gladness. You serve with joy. And it means your Christian experience will have this head and heart balance. It's not just head where you know of who God is. And it's not just heart where everything just becomes superficial. But it's head and heart. There's a deep love for God and there's a deep knowledge of who God is within your life. What I'm getting at is really what the writer to the Hebrews was getting at. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verses 15 through to 16. He says, Therefore through him let us continually offer up to God a sacrifice of praise. Continually. Let's just constantly offer up to God a sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of lips that confess his name. And don't neglect to do what is good. And to share for God is pleased with such sacrifices. But you see what comes first. Confessing his name. A sacrifice of praise. And that results in doing good. And serving the Lord in the the different situations that God calls you to. So acknowledging God. And giving thanks to God. And this brings us to our destination. These are the two landmarks on our journey. And it brings us to our destination. We find in verse 2. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. So let me focus in on who we are eh, as a church family for a moment. You know, there's a whole host of different ways that we can serve the Lord. And we always serve with something. We always bring something to our service of God. The question I'm asking this morning of myself and each one of us is this. What is that something? What do we bring to our service of God? And let me say, I'm sharing this under the assumption that you're serving. Um, If you love Jesus, then it should be a biblical no-brainer that you serve within the life of the church. And speak to me if you want to get involved in some way within the the life of Denison Baptist Church. If you want to serve in some way, then speak to myself or or Paul or or TJ. Uh, Speak to us because there's so many things that you can do within the life of DBC. But if you do serve, let me suggest five Different ways that we can serve. Five different ways that we can serve. Five different things that we can bring to our service to God. And the first one is, we can serve begrudgingly. We can serve begrudgingly. And it's this kind of attitude where we say, I can't really be bored with this, to be honest. Um, I'd much rather be doing something else. But even though I feel like that, I'm just going to do it anyway. So it's just this attitude of of not really having a a deep desire and longing to do what it is that you're doing within the life of the church. There's just a a desire to do something else. It's not priority within your heart. Number one, we can serve begrudgingly. And number two, we can serve half-heartedly. It's where we say, I'm doing this because I've always done it. Or because it's what I ought to do. Or it just needs to get done. I just need to tick this box But there's no deep love for God. There's no gladness in that. It's just something that you want to get over and done with. So we can serve half-heartedly. Number three, we can serve out of guilt or fear. We can say, you know, if I don't do this, then God's going to be angry with me or someone else is going to be disappointed in me. So I ought to do it because I don't want to feel guilty if I don't do it. We can serve out of guilt. Number four, we can serve with pride. We start to think to ourselves, you know, look at me. 
Look at how I'm serving. I'm so much better at serving in this particular area compared to someone else. I'm, I'm amazing. The fact that I'm committing myself and sacrificing in so many different ways, this is how I serve. And God is so pleased with me. This is me saying this hypothetically. I'm not actually saying that. So we can serve with pride. And number five, we can serve joyfully. Joyful service says, God, I acknowledge that you are God. I acknowledge that I'm broken and messed up and I need you. And so thank you. I count it an absolute privilege that I can come here and serve you in this way. We can serve joyfully. So we can serve begrudgingly. We can serve half-heartedly. We can serve out of guilt. We can serve with pride. Or we can serve joyfully. So I want you to be really honest this morning. Which one do you most identify with? Which one do you most identify with? Which one is characteristic of your own life? And I hope it's obvious. There's only one acceptable way to serve Jesus. And it's the final one. We serve with gladness. We serve with joy. You'll only serve the Lord with joy when you acknowledge him and you thank him with all that you are. When you go on that journey and you come to that place where it becomes an absolute delight and pleasure to serve Jesus. This is a challenge for all of us because we can be so busy in our lives and so consumed by what we're doing that we forget why. We forget the purpose. I want to encourage you to serve the Lord with joy, with gladness. Hebrews 12 in verses 1 to 2, we read these words. Uh, Therefore, since we have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So Jesus served his heavenly father. He served each one of us for joy. He served with gladness. And through this service, he died for each one of us. He forgave us of all of our sins so that we could have life and life in all its fullness. We worship the risen saviour who served his heavenly father in this way and he did so with joy. So Jesus actually died for you. So let that sink in for a moment. Jesus died for you and he died for me. Do you believe that? Is that a truth that is central to your life? Is that something that you hold on to? I want to invite you to come to this table this morning. If you have faith in Christ, to come to this table and to remember Christ's sacrifice, Christ's joyful service to each one of us. I would invite you to take this bread and and to remember Christ's body that was given for each one of us. And as we take that bread, to remember Christ's blood by dipping the bread into the cup, to remember his sacrifice, his blood that was shed so that we can experience his life. And this, this life that God gives to us is completely and utterly transformational. It will change everything. It will give you a new perspective. And it will give you joy. It will give you meaning and purpose and strength in your heart because of the joy that God gives to you through the work of his Holy Spirit. So let me pray.
and then we're going to respond uh, in worship. And as I said, if you have faith in Christ, do come to the table and remember Christ's sacrifice. Lord, we do thank you for the reality of, of this passage and we thank you, Lord, that we can, we can come before you and we can do so and knowing that, that you are the God who, who wants to help us and who wants to enable us to be the people you call us to be. And Lord, we pray that we would acknowledge you in our lives. We would give thanks for who you are and for what you have done for us. And Lord, that would cause us to serve you with gladness, with a deep satisfaction and fulfilment in you. So Lord, would you bless us through this time of worship and through this time of response. Would you lead us in such a way that we know you in a deeper way and we experience your goodness and grace. And it's in Jesus' precious name we ask this. Amen.